Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another episode of Behind the Steel Curtains Super Bowl Playoff Preview, or whatever we're going to call it. This is not Brian Anthony Davis. This is Dave Schofield having to get uh, tapped in for the tag team. Brian was all set up to do the show in a remote location where, unfortunately, there was no internet connection for him to be able to do this so i'm stepping in real quick i'm gonna i'm here with uh with, with nick you want to say hey nick before you go dave dave good to be with you um obviously uh, a lot of a lot of pressure i mean it's almost like being a uh, quarterback coming into the super bowl <laughs> with uh starter bad davis out now breaking news bad davis is out of the super bowl <laughs> show and uh Obviously, um, everybody worldwide, mm -hmm. nationwide, uh, getting this news. And uh, so, Dave, we know you're going to do an incredible job stepping in and leading the team to victory. Hey, I'll just I'll, I'll do what I can. <laughs> hey, next man up. That's how it works. Next That's exactly right. You, hey, you could be the Frank Reich of this show. <laughs> you know, Frank Reich led the Bills to the impossible comeback with the Oilers years ago. You can be this version's Frank Reich. There we go. There we go. Well, before we get going too much into the Super Bowl stuff, we have a very special guest. We have a 49ers. We're going to say a 49ers correspondent. We have a, um, an associate of one, Brian Anthony Davis, that he had this all set up. Um, Sam, is it, I just got him up in here. He is, he is in Miami for the NFL experience. Sam, I'm what can Miami. you tell us what's going on? So we're outside of the Super Bowl experience. It is every year. Uh, we were here in Atlanta last year for the Super Bowl. It was a lot of fun. So we came back this time. Let me give you a little look at what's going on. So you can kind of see we got the convention center here. It's massive. The Super Bowl signs. You got fans. Uh, you got every team represented. Uh, a few more Patriots fans than I would like to see, to be honest with you. But uh, I don't think so. But you know, they're, they're, rooting for, they're rooting for Jimmy G and the Niners, so I can appreciate that. Okay. There we go. Well, it's funny. They probably booked their flights a long time ago, assuming they were coming, but uh, the Titans had probably. Had and I, I think, I, I think me, I'm with my dad, who's a Redskins fan. Uh, and I think we, with the rest of America, breathed a collective sigh of relief when we saw the, the pages get knocked out. Yes. You know what? That's exactly uh, what we said with the Steelers. Where's your dad again? Let's say hi to your dad again. Hey, how's it going? Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> you know. We got time. Uh, here's what's shocking. I actually know your dad. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. Uh, small world. So, so here we go. So, what could you tell us? What I mean is it? Would you say there's more 49ers fans or more Chiefs fans or just NFL fans in general? So, I think it brings out a lot of NFL fans. So you get a, a, a mixed bag. Um, I've seen it's pretty much an even split so far in my travels. I expected there to be more Niners fans. But it looks about 50-50 Niners and Chiefs fans actually in Miami. Really, really, really. Okay, so that's that's fantastic. Um, now, you're not down there for the game, just for the experience, correct? Just for the experience. Going to a 49ers watch party tomorrow. There you go. There you go. That's, that's fantastic. So um, tell me, uh, during the experience, do you get to interact with different people from the league? Exactly, exactly what's going on down there? You do. So you get in. It's a convention center, and it's all set up. Uh, you're going to have a chance to actually see the Lombardi trophy and get a picture with it. Uh, you're going to be able to do some things like, you know, football passes, football kick competitions, and there's player engagement. Last year we met Philip Lindsay, the uh, Broncos running back. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to meet Nick Mullins, the 49ers quarterback. Oh, uh, wow. we, also got to catch a, we also got to catch a pass from Sam Darnold. 
Hey, there you go. So they really are doing the full out experience. I mean, is it is it something that there's a lot of fans and a lot of crowds for it, or is it pretty where, where you, you really get to experience more stuff because it's not they have a lot to do? Yeah, there's there's a lot of fans. Uh, you know, it's kid friendly. It's, it's fun for the whole family. Uh, but you know, we really enjoyed it last year. It brings out a lot of NFL fans. People are just excited to be you know uh, part of the NFL. Last year, Rich Eisen was here as well. Um, they were filming uh, one of the NFL Network shows. You could be you know in the back of the crowd. Uh, but it's just a cool chance to celebrate football, celebrate the NFL, and get excited for the Super Bowl tomorrow. That's fantastic. And for your for your team to be in that in the Super Bowl really has to be something for you. Pretty, how, it's pretty exciting. So yeah, how how are you feeling? Because right now this is what we're going to talk about on our show is how how do you get up for a Super Bowl where your team's not in it? So you've been there for several years now. You can tell us real quick how different is it for your team to be there. It's almost surreal in a way, right? You know, you you this is kind of the pinnacle, and it's almost hard to soak it in because you're just not used to it as a 49ers fan. Uh, but it, it feels great. It's exciting. And uh, I almost don't want to talk about it too much because the more I talk about it, the more nervous I'll get, and I can't focus on the fun that's going on around me. You are explaining exactly how I feel. Like, when the Steelers are not in the Super Bowl, I feel like I can just relax and watch the game unless yeah. there's someone like that team up north that no one wants to win unless they're playing right. and you're anxious for them to not win. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel really relaxed going into this week, but I, I wish I was nervous. I wish I had your nervousness because my team was there. Yeah. Uh, I, we don't want to hold you up too long. We will let you go and enjoy the stuff. Anything else you want to say out there for us? Uh, I just want uh, people to remember that uh, the last maybe dozen Super Bowls, it's been a good offense versus a good defense. Mm -hmm. People always want to go with a high-powered offense, but the defense almost always comes through. Okay, well, what's your prediction? Uh, Niners 27-24, but it's not going to be as close as the score indicates. You know what? You you put you put that score right there. What I what I was thinking. I think the Niners are going to score in that twenty-four to thirty range. Mm -hmm. That the big question is. How are they going? Are they going to be able to keep Kansas City below that or not? I think, I think we're primed for an excellent game. Um, yeah. Please enjoy it. Um, we'll do. Don't don't break anything. Definitely um, not. I'm glad you're going to be with 49er fans, so that way you guys can either uh, celebrate together or you can drown your sorrows together. That's always misery loves company or or joyous occasions like it the, the same way. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and giving us an update from what everything going on down there. I know it's tough for you to hear us and everything because you're out there on the street. So uh, yeah. what's the weather looking like? Uh, right now it's 70 degrees and cloudy, but it should be really nice and sunny for tomorrow. Excellent. Excellent. So enjoy that game. Enjoy that experience. Um, it's, it's funny because your dad's there as a Redskins fan. He feels kind of like everybody else, but he's felt that for much longer than the rest of us. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so, so make sure you take care of him. So thank you so much for joining we'll us, do. Sam. No problem. Take care guys. All right. Thanks. So Nick, what do you think of that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, it is, uh, it's, you know, I think Miami's a, uh, a fantastic site for the Super Bowl, and, you know, I know everybody's down there and really excited, and, you know, with it being such a, really an evenly matched game, where it's really, you know, people, I know I am, are going back and forth on, you know, who's going to win tomorrow night's contest, it's, uh, it's going to be a very, very, very exciting game here in about 30 hours from now. Yes, and... I know some Steeler fans really are, are against the whole 49ers getting the six Super Bowls and everything like that to match the Steelers. I'm not, I'd, I'm not worried about that. If the Steelers were the only team with six, I would care, but they're not. 
that other team has six. So now it's the Steelers' job. Brian has said this many times. It's the Steelers' job to get seven. Doesn't matter how many teams are at six. It's their job to be the next to get seven. So I'm a, I'm a really okay either way. Now, if the 49ers win it this year and then they're in it again, I'm going to have to um, root pretty hardcore against them. Right. And I think a lot of it, too, is the fact that, you know, I mean, so many franchises would dream of having three Super Bowls, much less yeah. six. I mean, that's that's a way of, I think, to look at it and all the incredible success. And as I've said in the, you know, the last few podcasts we've had, the, uh, the future is very bright for Pittsburgh. I mean, defensively, um, you know, incredible young players like T.J. Watt and Devin Bush and, of course, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, those are three incredible pieces, um, you know, to put a lot of players around, you know, for the foreseeable future, maybe for the next decade. You know, of course, a, a major question is going to be the health and future of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, it's a situation where if you can get, you know, a few more good years out of Ben Roethlisberger, you can be an incredible spot to really challenge for the a AFC. You know, what's very interesting to just ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Derek Henry is an unrestricted free agent. And he was on the Dan Patrick show, uh, I believe, Thursday. And I listened in and... You know, of course, you talk about him going to the Titans and re-signing. You also mentioned Miami. And one team that Dan Patrick mentioned right after those teams was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what an incredible fit he would possibly be with James Conner as a dual a running back threat with that great defense. So what are your thoughts on that? And, and also, being a uh, Steelers insider, could you give insight as far as with the salary cap how doable that is with where you are present and future. That's the, that's the big issue. When, when my brother and I, we'd run we do the stat geek show on Tuesday. And one of our big ongoing things that we talk about is whenever they are dealing with um, saying, Oh, people are like, Oh, we should sign this guy. We should sign that guy. We should sign him. The big answer is with what money that we want to ask. Because I have had lots of people tell me we've got to take a running back in the second round. We've got to, We've got to do this. We've got to sign this running back. The Steelers have a large group at running back. Mm -hmm. But if you had a chance to add someone, let's just say this. Totally. It's not, it's not their biggest need, but if you had the chance, you grab that. But I don't see any way how the Steelers could pull that off financially, especially if they're trying to keep Bud Dupree, because right now right. they don't have any money to sign Bud Dupree and they're going to have to create that. And with it being the last year of the CBA, there's rule, there's the 30% rule where you can only move out so much uh, of the salary can only increase 30% from one year to the next. So you can't just save money from the cap this year by restructuring guys like they have in the past. It just doesn't work that way. So it's very, very difficult to pull that off. But when you just talk about if you could go out and sign anybody, man, oh man, who wouldn't want Derrick Henry as their running back the way he's, I mean, especially the problem is he's done so much with, with how he finished up the season and those massive yards that he racked up. He's going to, he should be the highest paid running back in the league. Right. And, and, there's going to be a team out there that can pay him. And unfortunately, I do not believe that that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. As much as it would be great, I just don't see it happening. And there will definitely be teams that I think will really, you know, challenge Tennessee uh, to, you know, really up the pay mm -hmm. uh, for Derrick Henry because, you know, to your point, he had a incredible um, 
playoff run at, at a perfect time, by the way. Yes. Uh, coming right up into a contract year. So I think, you know, and there a lot of times there's always a team out of nowhere that comes up and really makes a pretty big offer for a marquee running back like Derrick Henry. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, but I definitely wanted to get your point of view if it was um, realistic that Derrick Henry could be in a Steeler uniform and salary cra- salary cap wise, if it was re- you know, doable. Yeah, it would, it would be wonderful. It's just, there's, there's so much with that because uh, Lance Williams was talking about it. I don't, I think he did it on his show last night about how Ben Roethlisberger takes up such a high percentage of the salary cap. I think if I were to quote him right, it would be 17% of the salary cap is towards Ben Roethlisberger. And there's never been a team when the Super Bowl where where one where a quarterback took up that percentage. Mm-hmm. You basically you you have you have to be one of two teams to win a Super Bowl. You either have to have a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback like the Steelers do, or you have to have a quarterback on their rookie salary on their rookie deal, right? In order to be able to afford to have the team around them. And right now the Steelers are in a shift to where they are becoming more of a defensive team than an offensive team. And Mm -hmm. it's going to get tricky with Ben Roethlisberger in the two years he has left because you're going to get to a point of where we either got to pay a quarterback or we've got to keep our defenders. Right. And it was a 180 degree shift. I mean, it seems almost, I mean, literally, um, you know, I mean, he was on the roster even though he sat out for the year. But in the 2018 season, you had Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, uh, one of the you know most productive offenses in the NFL. And then literally in 2019, I mean, Roethlisberger played a game and a half, and the other two guys um, were, of course, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you have you know, these three brand new young defenders who made an incredible contribution. I mean, again, TJ Watt and Micah Fitzpatrick were first team all pros. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. I mean, that is an incredible accomplishment. And again, I think the sky's the limit for Devin Bush. So, you know, it's amazing how immediate from offense to defense, it shifted for Pittsburgh. And now, of course, you know, the defense is going to be the core of this football team from now and, you know, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's that's the goal. That's the goal, as long as you can keep everyone healthy. But that's what you say every time in the NFL. But, Absolutely. But the other thing with that defense that came, yes, Minka Fitzpatrick just solidified everything. I even did an article this week that was talking about uh, the Steelers' past defense. And it it's completely different numbers pre Minka and post Minka just in those mm-hmm. two games. Right. I mean, I mean the Steelers gave up 18 plays pass plays that went for 25 yards or more. Well, six of them came in those first two games without Minka. The other 12 were in the other 14 games. They gave up three passing touchdowns of 25 yards or more in the first two games, none for the rest of the season. Now I, I didn't break it down into balls in the air versus yak and things like that. It was just one of those arbitrary numbers that I picked to where I was going to cut it off. So Minka Fitzpatrick made that enormous difference. But if the Steelers don't sign Steven Nelson in the offseason to play that other corner, the Minka Fitzpatrick was still going to make a big impact, but mm-hmm. not the shutdown impact that it was. Because they had right. three, I mean, three solid guys deep there. You had your outside, your two corners on the outside, and your free safety. It just made an amazing difference. And Hayden's been an incredible addition to Pittsburgh. He yeah. really has. 
Uh, great locker room guy, great leader, and still a first-rate defensive back. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I know he's he's getting up there. He's getting on the wrong side of 30, but the, the Steelers need to make this work while they can. Um, they drafted Justin Lane in the third round last year, and uh, Brian, Jeff, and I talked about it at length that the, the perfect goal for Lane this year would be to not have to play on defense at all. And he played zero defensive snaps but he earned a helmet late in the season over Artie Burns because of his special teams play. So that's great to have somebody like that, that you're developing. Um, Mike Hilton had a comeback year after not dealing with injury as much. Uh, Cam Sutton really stepped up and coming in either one of them as nickel or dime. So the Steelers, their defense is one of the most balanced defense I've seen for them mm -hmm. in a long time. It's not just about the pass rush. It's not just about stuffing the run. It's about everything playing off each other so much that that's what they have moving forward and they got to keep it together. So the question is this, and I'm curious what anyone in the live chat would, would have to say is would the Steelers be better off getting a, getting a Derrick Henry or keeping a Bud Dupree? In my, I mean, I think Henry would be obviously an incredible addition. However, at the same time, you know, to what you were saying, you know, it is, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, you know, salary cap wise, it is a major, major commitment. And, you know, it, it falls into your point about a hall of fame quarterback or a early draft pick um, that's still in a rookie contract at quarterback to where you can really go out and get free agents and really put the pieces together that way. The Rams are a perfect example last year before they had to pay Jared Goff. Yes. But, you know, so whenever you are, you know, in a position to where, you know, you can, you know, focus on rookie contracts and have room to get free agents, you know, obviously it's a great spot to be in. The, you know, Pittsburgh's in a little bit of a trickier situation, you know, with their cap to your point where do you want to give, um, you know, that much money out of your cap to a running back? If there was someone to do that with, I think it would be Derrick Henry. Uh, however, I would still spread the money around to your point to the Bud Dupree's and, you know, wait on maybe, you know, another free agent, um, you know, down the line in the future, because it, it I think it's just maybe a little too risky. Yes. Especially I mean, at the running back position, because again, Henry's fabulous and he is a marquee free agent who, if there's a running back out there that, you know, you want to give a contract to and really pay, I think it's Derrick Henry. However, there's always risk with injury with a running back more than any other position in sports. So that's, that's the other thing I think you got to keep in mind. You just sum that up perfectly there. And that's the problem when it comes to paying running backs is sometimes they're not reliable, not even because of their own making. A lot of Steeler fans are complaining about James Conner's always injured. He's always out. You know, I'm trying to think that's a, that's a stat I want to go and look up and see how many running backs, you know, feature running backs played all 16 games. Right. Derrick right. Henry didn't. He did not play right. in week 16. Um they're, they're always going to get nicked up, banged up. Sorry, Nick, nicked up. <laughs> that, that's just kind of how it goes at the position. Mm -hmm. So you have yeah. to ask yourself, is that a position you're willing to invest a lot of money in? Now, when it comes to comparing that to with to 
it's like keeping Bud Dupree, which might cost, you know, anywhere between, I don't even want to guess the, the, if they franchise use the franchise tag, it would be 16 million for a season. Do you want to keep it for a player like that? Who only had one solid year and was kind of a disappointment leading up to that. I mean, he was solid. I'll be honest with you. If you could get it for a good price, I'd even take 2018 Bud Dupree mm -hmm. at a cheaper rate than 2000. 19 Bud Dupree for 16 or 17 million. It's it's just one of those things that's tricky. But but the problem the Steelers have right now is you've got to look at value over replacement. All they have on their roster behind Dupree right now is Anthony Ciccolo, who was injured most of the year on an injury that's that bothered him the year before, and yet the Steelers still didn't let him go to New England when they could have got a comp pick for it. Now he's almost certainly a cap casualty coming. There's this year. And then you've got the two, two young guys, Ola Denier and Tuzar Skipper are either one of them ready to step in and be a full time every down. Although that's not every down for either of them um, outside linebacker. There'd be so many question marks that the Steelers can't bring back Dupree. So it's just one of those tough things. And one of the problems with the Steelers, I know we're supposed to be talking Super Bowl, but Hey, anytime we could talk Steelers on the Steelers <laughs> podcast, we're going to go on on the Steelers. The, the problem when it comes to the Steelers at times is, and sometimes it hurts them, but more often than not, I believe, I think it helps them is that they, they go the extra mile and loyalty to their players. I, I feel both contracts they offered uh, Le'Veon Bell, Mr. Butt Naked and Robbed as we have to call him on the show, or I don't know about this show, but on our other shows, um, they, I, I thought both of those contracts were too much. And he turned him down. So mm -hmm. I was kind of, I didn't mind them moving on from him. I thought they right. gave him too much, but he was a guy they drafted and they wanted to keep around. Mm -hmm. I think they offered Ben, they gave Ben Roethlisberger too much in his last contract. I thought we were looking on the, on his last deal last off season to actually save a little bit under the cap. And he ended up costing him more. Um, Sometimes we, you know, the loyalty comes a little bit too long and they're continuing to put, to pay Ben Roethlisberger. But I've also said Ben Roethlisberger, the, he took my Steeler fandom to the next level with everything. Oh, what him. a, what a remarkable mm -hmm. run. Yeah. And yeah. And it goes, it goes, you know, with this point as well, it is a total game changer for a generation. If they can stay healthy, having a hall of fame quarterback, ask the Steelers. Ask the Packers, ask the Patriots, ask the Saints. Mm -hmm. You know, having a Hall of Fame quarterback for a generation, I mean, you not just the Super Bowls that these teams have won, but they punch their ticket in the playoff playoffs almost every season. That is something that most franchises aren't used to. I mean, a lot of franchises, if they go to the playoffs, you know, one out of four seasons, you know, it's success rate where so many of these teams are in the postseason almost every year, especially when you look at New Orleans, Green Bay, New England, and Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, there the expectation is Super Bowl and anything less is a disappointment. I mean, there's I just know fans from other teams that they're like, man, I just could I just can't believe making the playoffs. And, and things like that. But Absolutely. That's, that's that's what you build. That's how you build a franchise. And so I, the, the Steelers would, it's, it's what's interesting is you're like, if you could offer Bud Dupree the money to stay, or you could get another outside linebacker 
about the same equivalent for the same money, the Steelers are going to take the guy that they drafted the, every time. That's mm-hmm. just the way they do business. Sure. And and a lot of successful franchises, that's the way they do business a lot of times. Yes, but you are going to possibly get that lull when you get to the end of, let's say, like a Ben Roethlisberger's mm-hmm. career. I mean, Ben's got to be the guy next year because mm-hmm. if Ben's not the guy, you're in trouble. He's taking up 70% yep. of your salary cap. Sure, so, no doubt, no now, doubt. Now, another one that 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 I've brought up is Ben. I mean, he's got a... It's, I think he's 33 million towards the cap this year. It would, I mean, some people are like, move on from it. it's 25 million in, in dead money. You'd only save like just over 8 million if you were to release him. That would be absolutely crazy. Someone, someone's, believe it or not, other people have said, well, what about Cam Hayward? You save the most money if you get rid of Cam Hayward because he would be like 3 million in dead money, nine and a half they would save for the cap. The guy has just been all pro two out of the last three years. You know, he's an elite company. There is no defensive tackle big closer, time player closer to the level of Aaron Donald yep, than big Cam time. Hayward. No it's, doubt. It's Aaron Donald and Cam Hayward as the two defensive tackles for the for all pro. Yep. And then it's the second team. No one's closer than he is. Right. That's a guy. I just feel bad with his contract situation because it's the last year of the CBA. It, he should get a new contract this offseason. But I don't know that it's the wise move for either of them because of the restrictions with that. So lots of good stuff. I know we're going off on Steeler stuff. I think we need to turn it back to the Super Bowl, which is kind of what the whole point of the show is. But I just enjoyed – I've never met you before. This is my first chance to interact with you, and this has been great. Right. Yeah. Well, I, my pleasure. Absolutely. So what, so I think you've summed it up pretty good so far with the Super Bowl is – you could take either one of these teams. You mm-hmm. really could. It's a, yeah. the last I checked. It was a was a one and a half point spread in favor of Kansas City. Um, What's amazing to me is the fact that normally, once we hit about a little over twenty four hours before the Super Bowl, I make now. Granted, I'm, I've been wrong many times. Let me say that for the record. But normally, I have made my prediction, and I feel confident about at least the team for sure. Um, but in this situation, you know, I'm not even, I'm, I've made my pick or I've, at least in my mind, (laughs) I have my pick, but it was by no means easy. I mean, one minute this week, I liked, uh, San Francisco the next minute I liked Kansas city to win. I mean, I've gone back and forth even this morning. That's how exciting and uncertain I think this game is. Absolutely. It, I'm thinking of a story. Uh, what was this? A couple of days ago with my kids. Uh, my daughter's 11, my son's eight. And occasionally they'll just, they'll ask my wife, Hey, can we, can we use your phone and do some of the cool filters just to take some pictures, just to goof around. And they have Super Bowl ones. They had 49er stuff. They had Kansas city chief stuff. It was kind of pretty neat what they were doing. And because of that, they're like, Oh, Hey dad, do this one. Which team are you going to be rooting for? I'm like, I don't know. And I might be changing throughout the course of the game, how the game's going. For sure. I mean, for sure. just in who I would like to win. Right now, I would say um, it would be nice. Kansas City hasn't been there in 50 years. That would that, I'm pulling more for them as of right now. But I might change my mind based on how the game's playing out. Because mm-hmm. I know, like I said before, some teams don't want, some Steeler fans don't want San Francisco to get that sixth trophy. And I, I don't have a problem with that because the Steelers aren't alone there. So... I not only do I not know who to pick, I'm not even sure who to root for. And this isn't a bad thing. I think this could make for a very enjoyable game. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the 
the part that you said there at the end is what really I, I like the most and what's most important to me. You said, I think this is going to be a really enjoyable game, and so do I. I think you have two really good teams there. You have a ton of uncertainty with who's going to win. I think there's going to be a lot of great plays, a lot of drama, and excitement. And that's what you want with the biggest game of the year, is that. Exactly. And like I know last year, Jeff Hartman thought how the game was so terrible and everything because it was a lot of defense early on. And the question is, would you rather see a close defensive game or an offensive explosion, but it's a 14-point difference pretty much the whole time? I am all in favor of great defensive games, but for the Super Bowl, I like offense explosions. Yeah. For example, I with Patriots-Eagles a few years ago when I believe both teams combined for about uh, 1,010 yards in total offense. That was I crazy. Broke together. So I am more than okay with that um, because it's the Super Bowl biggest game, you know, on planet Earth, you know, each year. And, you know, I love all-out excitement for those 60 minutes. Yes, ex exactly, exactly. That it's – you want that exciting game, especially as your signature game for the year. And as someone who follows football and watches any game that I can, especially professional football, I was okay with last year's Super Bowl. But I completely understood those that said, hey, this was a chance – the, the Super Bowl is when you get people that might not watch a game any other time, actually. Without a doubt. Football. Without so, a doubt. So you, you'd kind of like to get that product out there. And that's why I think there's going to be a lot of pull for the Chiefs because of that whole offensive explosion. But even though they, the 49ers only passed the ball eight times in, <laughs> in the NFC Championship game, it's because they didn't have to. They just dominated that game so much. And they're like, why? The, if the, if the, it's not about scoring points. It's not. It's about winning the game and getting to the next one. Dominating. And yeah. the last six quarters, Shanahan's ran the ball 72% of the time, which why wouldn't you? Because that offensive line dominated both Minnesota and Green Bay, who have solid defenses and pretty good front sevens. But they totally uh, took the air out of both offenses because they dominated the time of possession and the line of scrimmage, really on both sides of the ball. I mean, you know, what, what has been such an incredible success and advantage for San Francisco this year is how on both sides of the ball, especially toward the end of the year, how they have dominated on the offensive line and the defensive line. And I think that it's going to prove a major challenge for the Chiefs because traditionally, if – one team dominates both sides of the ball. They have a huge advantage, barring special teams and turnover issues. Absolutely, it's it's going to come down to, spl to splash uh, splash plays mm -hmm. for the Chiefs. If if it's a game of sp of splash plays, I think it's going to be the Chiefs that are going to win. If it's just uh, hey, both teams are going to take care of the ball, and you're just going to have to do what you have to do. I think the 49ers can ground can, can grind that out. Mm -hmm. So it's all in how you think the game's going to go, which is funny because some people like give me a hard time. They're like, oh, I'm not going to. No, I'm going to answer and I'm going to give a solid pick. But it's like I've said it before. I think right now the score. I think it's was it 53.5 was the last I saw for the over under. I think. If it's over, it's the Chiefs. If it's under, it's the 49ers. End of story. Because I think the 49ers are going to score in that area. So um, in the 20s, I would, I'd, I'd love to see a game. I'd, 
I don't want to see a game with where someone scoring in the teens for the Super Bowl. I'd like to get everyone to the twenties. Man, if both teams were in the thirties, that would have to be a great, crazy game for a Super Bowl. Which is why we all, as Steeler fans, enjoyed Super Bowl forty three so much because of that the 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 craziness that came down between the Steelers and, and the Cardinals. And you so. never know what's going to happen. To your point, because going into that game, I was thinking it was going to be one of your. 24 to 14 games mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh was just going to handle them. And it ended up becoming one of the most exciting Super Bowls, especially down the last two minutes of oh all my time goodness. with unbelievable plays. And so that's, that's, you know, case in point, you just, sometimes you never know. And especially with that night, which was a fabulous game, but you know, on the other side of the coin with the chiefs, a situation that's going to be very difficult for Robert Saley the defensive coordinator at San Francisco, and mainly their secondary, is this simple question. You have, normally, you have Travis Kelsey on one side, and then on the same side, you have Tyree Kill, Miko Harbin, and Sammy Watkins. That's pretty tough to stop. And, yeah. Rich, you know, and Richard Sherman, an all-pro this year, and Richard Sherman's going to, be ha- going to be putting on a gold jacket in Canton, Ohio one day. Definitely a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But the rookie, Mosley, who, by the way, has had a nice season, and I think is going to be a very good corner one day. He's still a rookie, and you have on one side, more than likely, in most cover, in most setups with their offense, Hill, Hardman, and Watkins. That's going to be pretty difficult to stop. Yeah, absolutely. And it's still – it's the Super Bowl – I mean, remember, guys have now had two weeks about this game. Nerves are going to play into it. Sure. Neither one of, I mean, is there, I'm trying to think it would have to be a free agent or something. There aren't players on these teams that have been in, on this stage before mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. I mean, even guys that were in national championship games. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. But this is the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. This is the Super Bowl. So uh, you're not dealing with, with what we've had to deal with in the past with that team up North that they're the team that's been there before. And the other team has to kind of ease themselves into it because of the excitement and realize this is just a football game um, that both teams are going to be coming out that way. And, mm-hmm. and do you see either one of the teams taking advantage of, all right, this is a really big stage. Um, let's see if we can catch the other team and maybe, maybe grab something early. Do you, do you see either one? You know, it's funny. Uh, Dave, I really don't because to your point, you know, neither of these teams have been to the Super Bowl before. You know, now, however, you know, Kansas City does have a little more postseason experience, but not a lot. Not like, you know, again, New England or a team who's, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, deep in the playoffs each year and going to Super Bowls. So I think that experience doesn't play a huge factor. And also, to your point with the Super Bowl, a lot of times in the first quarter, because of nerves, offenses come out a little flat, which, you know, could happen. And by the way, when it comes to, you know, being able to, you know, counter that issue, again, San Francisco's incredible running game and just dominating on the offensive line, that could be a real advantage out of the gate because, you know, Mostert had an incredible NFC championship and Tevin Coleman will be back and appears to be in full strength for tomorrow. So I think there could be, 
you know, dual box going out of Kansas City uh, defensive front that was 29th in rush defense this year. And if you look at the regular season, I mean, San Francisco feasted on the offensive side of the ball against poor rush defenses like Carolina, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, which if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be really, really, really worried about that. Yeah, there's there's so many different I could see so many scenarios playing out with this game early on and, and as it goes. I, I think San Francisco would have the advantage early because if there's nerves, the easiest thing to do is to run the ball. All you I mean, people have taken handoffs, offensive linemen firing off the ball, everything like that. These are things that that you're that, that you're used to doing more than anything. Like for me as a former offensive lineman way back in the day, it was I all Run blocking was always easier than pass blocking, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, sure. I, might, I might be the the odd guy. So I would let let the lineman just move the line of scrimmage, hand the ball off. But the problem is with that style of play, you also you know one play not going your way could kill a drive because you've got to sustain it the whole way. One false start, one holding penalty, you know, one big negative play where you try to where you try to do a little something different. So. It's there. It's really intriguing. Just imagine just sitting back. We've had two weeks to sit back and think in our mind and critique both of these teams in our head. And there's so many different things that we have that can play out. Oh, so. no doubt about it. And you, and we could literally talk on and on and on and give stats and so on to really continue uh, with our argument of how unpredictable choosing who's going to win this Super Bowl is tomorrow because, you know, the whole, you know, articles of why the 49ers will win and why the Chiefs will win. I mean, when you read both, when you, you know, read those columns, they make perfect sense with the stats and with the uncertainty of this game. I mean, it really, really rings true because, you know, it, it just makes it difficult to choose a side. Whereas, you know, there are a lot of times, even in Super Bowls, where you know from just watching games, there's one team who is clearly the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Whereas games like these, I mean, it could literally be a coin flip. But usually what it, a lot of times what it comes down to is a few plays here and there, momentum, and of course turnovers and special teams. But one question I want to ask you is this. If Kansas City gets going for whatever, whatever, you know, reason, if it's their, you know, incredible offense as hot as it is, if it's a turnover or two, maybe a missed field goal, whatever. If San Francisco gets down by, say, 10 to 14 points to where it's in the second half and Jimmy Garoppolo has to stand back and make big plays to get them down the field quick, can Jimmy Garoppolo do that tomorrow night? Um, it's not that it's not possible, but I would not bet on it. If you know what I mean, it's not. It wouldn't shock me if he did, but if I had to, if I had to say one way or the other, I would say I do not. Mainly in, as much because of who he's going up against and how much you would trust the Kansas City Chiefs through that, which you're kind of leading into something I was going to do. I see that we have a super chat question in there, Snowman. I am going to get to it in just a little bit after we do this. I'm going to ask you some certain matchups, and I want you to tell me if it's advantage Chiefs or advantage 49ers. And here we go. 
I will just roll right into the one you just brought up. Comeback ability. Advantage Chiefs or 49ers? Oh, Chiefs, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Mahomes can turn your lights out fast. And Mm -hmm. to add, you know, to add um, a stat to that, in the playoffs, Kansas City has scored 60% of the time when they have possessed the ball. That's That's touchdowns. That's That's, touchdowns. That's just touchdowns on 60% of their drives. So you think five possessions they've scored in the end zone three times in the postseason. Mm. You know, if you're playing in the regular season and maybe, you know, you luck out and you play against three really poor defenses, that's still an incredible feat. But you're doing that in the playoffs, unbelievable. Yeah. All right. A couple of these are easy, and then we'll just hit them real quick. You can just say the name, and then we'll go into ones that might not be. Because we know running attack. Oh, San Francisco, no doubt about it. Passing attack. Chiefs, no doubt about it. Run defense. San Francisco. Pass defense. San Francisco, slight edge. Yes, I would I would say that as well. Okay. And you already mentioned line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Both on both sides, you say San Francisco. How about this one? Coaching. <laughs> That's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> I'll give an edge to Kansas City, but I say that with all due respect to Kyle Shanahan, Robert Saley, and that Niner staff. Sensational. I mean, Shanahan, you know, in a lot of ways, I think Shanahan has maybe stolen a little bit of the, you know, um, young coaching, you know, star in the making that Sean McVay had last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are seeing what an amazing play caller Kyle Shanahan is. And by the way, Robert Saley will be a head coach this time next year, probably in the National Football League. He he narrowly missed out the Cleveland job, but he will, Robert Saley, will be a head coach next year, in my opinion. And honestly, what, one of the things that, that wasn't working in his favor is that his team was still playing. So Without a doubt. Yes. Without a doubt. So if the 49ers don't have as good of a year next year, he will I, – I agree with you on that one. I think he will be – he's going to be a very good – well, we'll see how good of a head coach he is because sometimes great coordinators don't make great head coaches. But he is going to get an opportunity yeah. very soon. No um, doubt. Let's see. What about special teams? Anything that you think of there? Well, you know, well, you know, Kansas City had some special teams issues, obviously, you know, with the Houston Texans. Um, but it, you know, it appears that they've cleaned that up. And, you know, special teams is a um, you know, is a major key. It's one of the major intangibles. I'll say this. If I was a San Francisco 49er fan, and it, it was in the second half, especially, and Robbie Gold was trotting out to attempt field goals for my football team, I'd be very, very happy about that because Robbie Gold has been an incredible clutch field goal kicker for years now in the National Football League. So I think that's a big advantage. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I don't know that one team really jumps out. Like like you think of someone that, that just has that that odd that that kicker or that punter that you know there's going to I mean, unfortunately, the, right. the Ravens always seem to have both. Um, that that's, could really help with that aspect of the game. We might not see much from the punters. That might not come into play. Um, Usually if it's a defensive struggle, there's a little more emphasis on kicking, punting, and field goal kicking. I think there's going to be points put up, so I think a lot's going to determine 
how the offense and defenses of both teams are playing. Yeah, and I don't think San Francisco has to shut down Kansas City's offense. They just have to slow down Kansas City's offense. That whole 60% touchdowns, things like that. Which it really is. It's almost like slowing down a sports car. I mean, it that is going to be really hard to do because Patrick Mahomes is obviously 100%. And that offense with its weapons, as we discussed, with Hill, with Kelsey, with Hardman, with Sammy Watkins, Williams has been running the ball pretty well. If Williams can establish the run and really open up those passing lanes for Kansas City, it could be a really, really monumental challenge for San Francisco tomorrow night. Yeah, I think I on I think Kansas City is going to struggle to run the ball. That's just my opinion. I mean, watch them come out and rush for 170 yards. You never know. I look like a complete fool. You never know. I I see them trying to get the short passing game to, with their backs involved a little bit more. Um, but yeah, you're right. You just you just never know. I mean, if there's one person on Kansas City that you trust with the ball in their hands, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's a quarterback in the National Football League that I trust more with the ball in his hands right now than Patrick Mahomes. Yes, and and like I I said to you before, he's not just probably one of, if not the best quarterback in the league right now. He's the the best quarterback in the right system with the right coach to have the success. So before I get your overall final last call in the Super Bowl, I want to bring up this Super Chat that we had from Snowman. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you can use the Super Chat feature. You type in your comment. You donate whatever amount you would like to the show. We will definitely bring it up and talk about what you've put in there. And it just goes into the tip jar to to help with stuff. If you want to help out without using the super chat feature, just make sure you are liking the video, giving the podcast good ratings and subscribing to the channel. So here we go. Snowman, $5 in the tip jar says, Nick, do you think the Raiders will offer Derrick Henry a contract? No, I don't. Um, I think, uh, I think every, I mean, I'd like to have Derrick Henry, but I mean, much, much, much more than Pittsburgh. We have a salary cap where we have to fill in a lot of holes still. I mean, you know, with the Steelers, you all don't have remotely the holes to fill that the Oakland Raiders do. So we have a lot of we have a lot of stuff we have to take care of uh, before we uh, go out and you know really pay money uh, for a uh, free agent running back again. I'd love to have Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is a phenomenal back, but there's definitely holes in that uh, Raiders team we got to fill first. I I understand, and and that's the thing you you have a good running back. We do, you know, really excited so, with Josh Jacobs. Really yeah, excited. I mean, he's. I expect him uh, tonight to get the offensive rookie of the year. Um, because that's that's Saturday night is when they do the awards. Yeah, I think he does, and I think Lamar Jackson will be the runaway winner for uh, for MVP. Um, you know, one two things real quick on the Raiders. You know, number one, we need a wide receiver, which I hope to get with the twelfth pick in the draft, and number two, we need a linebacker. We yeah, need those well, first. We need those first two things first. You, we need those first two things. The Raiders thought they had the wide receiver that didn't work out last off season. So no let's question. not even go there. <laughs> no question. Let's not even go there. So, two things we're going to do here, real quick. One is the the title of the show was "How do you get hyped up for a Steelerless Super Bowl? How do you get hyped up when your team is not in the Super Bowl?" We I addressed it a little bit there with Sam at the beginning. I think we've covered it. The the, the answer is. 
having a good game, mm-hmm. having having teams involved that you don't want to root against, and then just having a good game. I love the Super Bowl. I watch it with I my dad every year. My parents come into town. Wonderful tradition. Like yep. Um, and and let me add this too, Dave. It, and I think this is something that I always put kind of in the front to middle of my mind when I'm watching the Super Bowl, regardless if, uh, you know, if it's a team, your team's not in there or you don't think the game's going to be that exciting or whatever. Remember one thing, not counting preseason, we will have seven long months until week one of the National Football League. So enjoy it because when it's over after tomorrow night, it's over for seven months. So enjoy every minute of it. It's almost it's almost six months to the day to the Hall of Fame game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's just preseason. Right. So it's it's a long offseason. And it for Steeler fans, I feel like it's already been a long offseason that it's that you know you're you're over a month removed from the last time they, they played. So it's really difficult and to think that there's so much more out there. Enjoy the football while we have it. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the time with your family. Like Brian would say, don't be that person that says, I'm just here for the commercials. Um, because he gave you permission to punch that person in the face, which I think was a little extreme. But uh, sometimes I actually say that comment just to get under people's skin because they know I'm there for the game. Like, I'm just here for the commercials. So um, just, just to be that guy. So to close up here, you've got to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Your choice for the winner of Super Bowl 54 is... I think it's going to be a great game. I think that it's going to be there's going to be scoring involved. I think both teams are going to maybe be a little flat in the beginning, but overall it's going to be really good efficient football. I think that San Francisco's pass rush is very important and I think that they'll be able to put pressure on Mahomes. But I do think Patrick Mahomes will be a difference maker based on his incredible ability to create and make plays with very, very, very little room for air and tons of pressure. I think Mahomes is going to be the real key of why I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs 34-28 to 28 over the San Francisco 49ers. 34-28. to 28. All right, that's a very interesting score. I've said some other things before. I felt that, the, that it's going to be, if it's over, it's the Chiefs. If it's under, it's the 49ers. I think no matter what, I would be shocked if the 49ers do not win the time of possession battle. For sure, I would be so, too. Um, I I think the big difference in the game could be is if there's a turnover margin of more than two in one sure. team's favor. That's going to be enormous. But for my pick, I guess I got to come up with a score. Um, I'm also going to take the the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to take them. Did you say 34 to 28? I did. You took my number. Oh, because well, I, hey, I, I, hey, I, hey, that, no, if that's what if that's what? what you want, that's what you want. Thirty-four twenty-eight. There you go. I'm, I'm going to go thirty-five twenty-eight because okay. I don't know that they're going to have to settle for any field goals. Mm-hmm. Um, there might not be a field goal with this game, or there might be two field goals but a two-point conversion in there. That would not surprise me. So I'm going to say thirty-five twenty-eight. I think I would not even be surprised with that thirty-five to twenty-eight if it's. Uh, if it's the Chiefs having the ball late in a tie game and grinding it down and deciding with around two minutes left, they actually get in the end zone mm-hmm. and get that seven. And then they have to come out and try to try to keep San Francisco coming down the field. And I think the Niners could even maybe get in field goal range, but they are going to need the touchdown and it just might 
not be enough time. Yeah, I see so many ways this game could play out. I have no idea. There, just, there is, there's a million ways, a million ways that this thing could play out. No doubt about it. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about a Steelers Super Bowl because a Steelers Super Bowl makes me super nervous. I can't watch a pregame if the Steelers are in it. Um, I remember Super Bowl Forty. I um, my dad was visiting. I had another friend there to watch the game. We were so nervous. We's like, we had to put in a movie. We had to watch a movie. <laughs> uh, and it finished mm-hmm. like when the national anthem was going on. Cause we, we, we had to try to distract ourselves from the game. Right. So I feel like I can relax more when the Steelers aren't in it, but mm-hmm. don't, I, I would rather take the nerves than the oh, without a doubt, without <laughs> a doubt, because you never know when you might get back. You never know. And also you also think of, the other teams out there who are sitting at home and saying, well, maybe next year's the year, and your team is right there on the biggest stage in the sports world, possibly with an opportunity to bring a Lombardi trophy back to your city. So hard to guard that. That's yes. about as good as about that's about as good as it gets. Yes, absolutely. I'm not I'm not worried about being comfortable and excited. I'm worried about that that doesn't even begin to to say what what I would rather see with this game tomorrow that I would rather see the black and gold playing. So Nick, we've, we've been going here for a while. Unfortunately, Brian did not get to get to join in today because of his, uh, he was on location and thought he would have a great connection and it just didn't work out that way. But I want to thank you for joining me. I want to remind everybody. Thank you, Dave. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Make sure you are hitting that like button giving that good rating, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and most importantly, make sure you, that you are checking into BehindTheSteelsCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We're in the off-season, and we're still having to make sure we have at least eight articles a day that are out there on the site. We've got all kinds of things going on. We have interaction stuff. We're talking about salary cap. We're talking about free agents. We're talking about things moving forward. We've, we're talking about things from this past season and how how – these things need to either continue or improve. It's a great community. If you're if you're not checking out the website, make sure you're checking in there all the time. Any any last things you you want to throw out there, Nick? Enjoyed it, Dave. Thank you, everybody, and enjoy the Super Bowl. All right, yeah, enjoy that. Don't eat too much. Be responsible. And as Lance Williams says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you all next time.